The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. While Jesus was speaking to the crowds, his mother and his brothers appeared outside wishing to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and ask to speak with you. But he said in reply to the one who told him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my heavenly father is brother, sister, and mother. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I was preparing the thoughts for today, you can't get away from it when you read the Gospel and even the first reading from the, the prophet Micah. The theme of family comes to mind. And of course, Jesus' own family, his mother, and when they say his brothers, if they realize where Jesus lived in Nazareth was a little community, maybe 10 families, okay? Uh, little communities. And they were that close for several reasons, for protection, for support, uh, for assistance in any way. So those people were his, what Italians would say, paisani, they were his, his neighbors. But also, they use the word even closer than we use, than paisanis, they use brothers and sisters. So these were his brothers and sisters, those who came from his little village area in Nazareth. And they came because they heard what he was doing. Actually, this particular section of the reading goes a little further. Uh, we only read a section of it. They came because he was being accused of being a wacko. He was saying things that really didn't make sense, uh, that we should all be responsible for the poor, uh, that we should take care of, of the sick, that we should feed the hungry and put them first. And that didn't make sense in, in a, a very hungry area of semi-culture. They were overruled by Romans, and they, the Romans didn't treat them very well. They had heavy taxes, so they were burdened. The people themselves were burdened. And you think they wanted to hear more burdens, like take care of one another and put the other person first? So probably someone went back to his mother and said, your son's lost it, you know, he's, he's saying things that don't make sense, that we should be taking care of the stranger and, and, and the homeless, that we are responsible for people who are ill. That's exactly what he was saying. You know that as well as I do. So she wasn't divine. She was his mother, a special woman. So she probably got some of the neighbors, let's go find him and bring him home because he needs to be taken care of. And Jesus, it's to, it's, Mary's mentioned at least twice in the scriptures vis-a-vis -vis Jesus. And both times she comes out on the bottom of the ladder. Remember the one at Cana? You know, why, it's not my time to take care of their party. And if you don't know the story, just read, read the, the Gospel of John. But here, his mother's outside. And I tell you, I couldn't do that to my mother. If my mother was outside and, and somebody said to me, your mother wants you, I'd be out there because you didn't take anything from my mother. Uh, she was, she called it the way it was. 
some of the stories I remember. I was in the seminary. Now that that was in New Jersey, and she lived in Jersey City, and the seminary was at least an hour away. Okay, in Darlington, North Jersey. And one time, this happened more than once. I, mean, I spoiled her, I guess. <laughs> she calls up and says, um, "Betty's son is going through problems, and he needs to talk to somebody." Now these are the days before we used psychologists or therapists. So I said, "What?" what, what what am I going to do about that? She says, you're coming in tonight. He'll be here for supper, so be here at six. It wasn't an invitation. It was a mandate. That's how Rose was. So she gave me the mandate. And, and I've been living off that mandate since then. So Jesus' mother's outside and his brother's. And Jesus makes a very interesting analogy. He says, you, the people who listen to him, are his mother, his brothers, his sisters. And if we think of that, again, we're talking family, and we think of the reading from Micah, when Micah is telling God, shepherd your people, Lord, take care of your inheritance, be with us. And, and God, what does God do? God corrects our faults and raises us up when we, we have fallen. He gives us what we need, and he swears to our ancestors, before Massa was talking to someone, Carol, about her living in this area years ago, and her ancestors, her mother and her, her grandmother in this area. So our ancestors are very important. So Micah, inspired by God to speak to the people of Israel and to speak to us, is reminding us who are our parents? We know our biological parents, but as the creator, God is our father and God is the head of our family. So with that in mind, he corrects us. He picks us up when we fail. He loves us and he's always with us. And to the point when Jesus comes on the scene, he takes that theme, don't forget this is Jesus, son of God, and God himself. He takes that theme and says, you, you wanna know who my brothers and sisters are? They're right here. We are. And he didn't say, those of you who are the Jews listening to me, he said it to all his disciples, anybody was, who was following him, whether they were Jew or Roman or Gentile of another nation. So God is, you know, as creator, he's very possessive. He wants you and me. And he gives us clear instructions as to how we can be people of his family. Follow his example. Respect. Respect, yes, for the biological parents and brothers and sisters that we have, but also go down the line. Forgiveness. How many of us hold grudges for years? And it's so much easier to say, accept your apology or, okay, thank you. I'm not gonna hold a grudge, I, I forgive you. Remembering the offense, but forgiving. Because the opposite is true too. You don't forgive someone. You hold the grudge inside of you for years, days, doesn't matter how long, who's suffering? You are, 
for holding the grudge. The person you're angry, they don't care. So God is taking care of us and gives us a good example in his own son. You remember the words on the cross, Father, forgive them. That's our brother speaking to our father, who's the head of our family. So Jesus comes on the scene and he puts flesh and blood to the, the words of Hosea and any of the Old Testament prophets that remind us that God is our Father. And none of us have ever not been disciplined by our parents. Maybe the old days with spankings, maybe sitting in the corner, maybe being deprived today of a, of a computer game or something. Discipline. Being punished for doing something wrong or not living up to expectations of the family. God did it in the Old Testament. And again, he takes care of us as well. Besides taking things away, punishing us in the Old Testament, he also offers us clemency. How many times has your mother or father brought you over to them and, well, I'll tell you what my grandmother used to do, because I was a pain in the neck as a child, and, and she lived around the corner, so that was easy access to my grandmother. I just, whenever I did something wrong and my father and mother would scream at me, I'd run out of the house, they always knew where I was going, and I'd go to my grandmother's house, and, and, and of course my parents were always wrong, and I would tell grandma that, and she would hug me and hold me and say, Miss Keen, Miss Keen. And, and I used to think that meant, oh, little boy, like, oh, I'm, you're okay. And she was hugging me, so she was giving me comfort. Only later, when a good friend of mine who's a nun told me what Miss Keen means, and what my grandmother was doing to me, and she was hugging me and giving me comfort, she was saying, oh, troublemaker, troublemaker. <laughs> So, again, God gives us a family. Love the family you're in. Respect them. They're not puppets made to live up to our expectations, but they are our family members, and God is the head of our family.